fault versus responsibility what is it when you send me the topic i had a hard time separating two because to me they mean the same thing it just depends on what side of the ego you're on if you're okay with yourself if you're okay with how you present yourself in the world taking responsibility isn't as difficult if you take okay. a more of a leadership role taking responsibility is something that you're used to doing fault and placing blame it could be in the same experience you're just on the other side of the coin you just want to look outward extrinsically to see exactly what's going on like you you're placing the blame outwards of yourself right which is not if if i fell underneath one and not the other i i like to take responsibility as long as you can shoulder it mm-hmm. for me taking responsibility uh, allows for more production in the workplace it allows for better team building skills if you're a coach or you're a captain there's, there's not much that comes wrong with taking responsibility as long as you have the awareness to know like what's too much you know Joe said a lot of it. I would say that when you first mentioned it, fault is more so blaming someone else. Yeah, like egotistical like what Joe said, which also falls into the category of always being a victim versus taking responsibility, which is where you're more in spirit and you can realize like, oh, you know what? Maybe I was wrong. Just taking responsibility for it. So I think Joe honestly really said a lot of what I would have said for the most part. Fault versus responsibility, I'd say I hear Joe and D speak about taking responsibility, but I feel that you can also give responsibility okay. in the sense of if you're telling giving somebody direction and you say, "Yo, you're responsible for such and such." Damn, so I feel like so delegation in terms of responsibility where it's like you're delegating like, "All right, so you're responsible for this, you're responsible for that." Yeah, like it. If we're talking about responsibility, that could be that. And then fault, on the other hand, could be somebody's or... So if you give somebody the responsibility of get me a juice, you gave them the responsibility of going to the store and getting you a juice. But when they come back, they don't have the juice and it might not be their fault as to why. It was their responsibility to do that, but it might not be their fault as to why it did not get done. It could be there wasn't no juice at the store. It could right, be right, it right. got robbed on the way home. Whatever the case. For some juice, I would hope you ain't get robbed. You feel me? But yeah, um, you, never know. you never know. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I personally feel as though there's a thin line between the two, obviously, where we tend to get it confused where it might not be your fault. You know, you got cheated on, but it's your responsibility to heal from it. And that's kind of where I wanted to throw the ball into the court for the three of you and uh, myself to pretty much take and go from there, where, you know, many a times we've all been in relationships, you know, we, we tend to get into, you know, arguments and disagreements and, you know, sometimes worse than that. And we tend to say it's, well, I have been prone to say it's your fault, you know, like you, you did this, you did that, you did that. So therefore, that's why this happened. You know, and after a while, it just became to the point where I was like, nah, I'm just going to take responsibility for it because the less responsibility I give someone else, like Joe said, if you can shoulder it, then that's cool. But I felt like even like after a while, I really couldn't shoulder a lot of the blame anymore because it's like, yo, all I did was sneeze. That has nothing to do with you doing X, Y, and Z. Okay, so for example, let's say, so you run a stop sign and you're responsible for what happens after that point. You're literally at fault. And like, that's where those two would be like the same thing. Well, it just depends like morally where you sit. Like, I still don't really think they're separate. What he was saying, making reference to on your way to the store and mm-hmm. things like that. If you're able, and obviously he wouldn't get robbed for the juice, he probably would get robbed because he got some ice on, chain, 
Copy. <laughs> would it be, he wouldn't be getting robbed for the juice. I don't juice, know. It depends though. on what kind of juice it was. If it was Martinelli's the apple juice, he might have got robbed oh, for that. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> no, but for me, it, again, it just it just depends on where where you sit. The only word that keeps repeating in my head is, like, constantly being in, like, moral quandaries. So, like, if you're in a relationship, initially, I would say, all right, it's, it's not really on me. Sometimes I really don't think it's on me. Am I going to take responsibility for trying to push this relationship forward in terms of being able to resolve conflict correctly or am I going to let my ego get in the way and just stay put be a little bit stubborn and say no it's your fault and they both do kind of go hand in hand and I guess to what you were saying there is a thin line but it depends on kind of who you are as a person on which side of the coin you sit on more when it comes to overcoming the circumstances in which you grew up in where does where does default versus responsibility fall in when it comes to things like that? Growing up, there were some things in my household that played a that trickled down and played a, a negative factor coming into like my friendships or like my relationships. And for mm. example, my mom gotten a lot better, thank God. But she used to be very aggressive verbally Mm. like she would verbally abuse either my dad or me and say really out of line things very disrespectful very very hurtful things because she didn't know how to express herself or how to talk so her way of expressing herself while she was angry was to completely like almost like dehumanize somebody and say just something really really disrespectful and for a very very long time i blamed her and i would be very very upset and just point the finger at her like how can you talk to me like that like i'm your daughter how can you treat me like that then in my relationships as i got older i also would be very nasty and disrespectful to guys to the point that like i was pushing them away because they didn't know how to handle my mouth and it wasn't cute it wasn't anything to brag about it it was very very ugly and then come to find out i mean my grandmother is also like that she used to kind of be say like really out of line things to me too when I was younger and then come to find out my grandmother actually wasn't raised by her mother she was raised by her stepmother who used to do that to her mm. so it mm. was like it's literally passed down and when I got to a point of personal healing with myself right. after I kind of like left my household and had to separate from my parents to really find my identity and really work on myself once I kind of came back around talking with my parents again, I had a conversation with my mom and I told her that I don't blame you actually for the way that you would treat me. You only knew what you were taught. Mm. And I just took responsibility back to what you had said where you threw the curveball in the beginning and said, it might not be my fault why this, why this happened, but it's my responsibility to heal myself. Right. So ever since I had that conversation with my mom, she's also been a lot a lot more mindful of the way she speaks to people and just more mindful on breaking that generational curse because it really truly is and i i just knew that it needed to stop with me and it was gonna it it had to stop but jimmy all right so you heard what she just said right and how you can only know what you know that's literally what the last episode was pretty much not about but (laughs) but i just want everyone out there who's going to hear this and or listen to it right now to know that not even purposely, but just the way, like, I believe everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. And I, like, take that to, like, heart now. It's happened, I think, maybe four straight episodes where I didn't directly pick the order 
in which I wanted to talk about these things where me and Jimmy like suggested to each other like what we wanted to talk about. But when I tell you it's the fourth straight episode where someone said either an exact line that related co- like directly to what we were talking about or was literally like the same concept that me and Jimmy are trying to do um, <laughs> <laughs> here. But all right, so I've been reading a book called It Didn't Start With You, How Inherited Family Trauma uh, Shapes Who We Are and How to End the Cycle by Mark Woolen. Um, if you have not read that already, especially Joe, if you have not read that already, I think you would love it. Definitely. And it's what you just talked about, how you didn't, you probably weren't fully aware as a kid that your mother was pretty much talked to the same way by her grandmother. And then your grandmother was talked to that way because of her stepmother. No, um, no, go for it. So in the book, there's several examples where there's this one kid, I forgot the kid's name, for the sake of it, we're going to call him Jason. So Jason, he's 19, he just turns 19 years old. All of a sudden, he starts getting really, really cold at night, like, and he just can't figure out why. And he'll sleep with six, seven blankets. You know, he went to the doctors, they couldn't find anything. And then, like, long story short, he finds out that his family had pretty much hid the story of how one of his uncles passed away. And he had pretty much got buried alive in the snow. And the family was so traumatized by it that they never talked about it and never brought it up. So he was directly feeling the effects of basically being I don't think it is but let's go with it um so basically the family just disregarded his uh his presence if you will um after he passed away because it was just too traumatizing to deal with because they just didn't know like how do you talk about someone being buried alive in the snow you know and all in all he died at the same age that Jason was and since the family pretty much didn't acknowledge it they didn't even talk about it and how it happened why it happened with just a discussion alone you know, he was traumatized by that and he didn't even know like where it came from. And then there's another example that's more so aligned with what you were talking about, D, where this um, girl, let's say her name is Jada. I don't know why I'm obsessed with J.A. today, but J.A. is what we're going with. Um, so Jada, she was basically becoming like suicidal and she would use certain words where it's like, you're 12 years old. Like, why are you using such a, a strong, hateful word? And then they went back into her family history and saw that her, her great-grandfather had pretty much committed suicide and he was pretty much saying the same thing she was. Things like that, where the basis of it is that in order for people to know that this is a thing or that, you know, what, what is going on is communication. If you go back a couple of episodes for For the Community, we talked about how there's this saying in um, really in all communities that you got to stay in a child's place. And by having that that such an ignorant way of thinking, you don't always feel the need to communicate to a child that like, okay, this is happening or this has happened just for the fact of, let's say you wanna protect your child. You might not wanna bring that up. You know, you don't know how they're gonna to react to that, how they're gonna handle it. So I understand, but conversations like this could have saved you so many years and probably not necessarily saved your relationships, but you know, it would have, it wouldn't have been as aggressive or you wouldn't have been as labeled as aggressive or, you know, rude or anything that, you know, you might've been labeled with if there was just a communication of what had happened in the past, just an acknowledgement of it. I agree a hundred percent that, you know, these things that our family is not speaking about, there's certain characteristics or traits that we have that we necessarily don't know where they came from, how they came about for whatever reason, maybe they're traumatized and don't want to deal with it and don't want to talk about it. They don't speak about these things and we don't ever know sometimes going, committing suicide or doing certain things, messing up relationships, all types of things like that to the point of where, well, from us not 
our family never coming out and speaking about it. And mm-hmm. so uh, I 100% agree with that. I think I spoke on it before about how that my dad implemented into our uh, raising me and my sister was allowing us to speak to to our parents and not them not being so quick to like bash us or hit us or whatever the case may be. And so part of that, you know, that's great. And I, I applaud him for that. And then on the other side of it, he wasn't raised that way. His teachings came out at certain points when he felt that the conversation wasn't getting to where it needed to get to or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he'd allow us to talk to us for a certain point. And then it'd be like, all right, like I told you that last time, like, yo, I could be whooping your ass right now, so you need to relax or whatever the case may be. So, like I said, I agree with it and I understand it uh, a great deal. I try to do the work on myself to figure out what I'm doing wrong. Then I can figure out where I maybe got it from. Like, I know growing up, being in a relationship, I might have messed up a few relationships, kind of like how G talked about, where my mouth was just a little bit too crazy. It was like, I would fly off the handle, not the quickest, but I wasn't reeling back. It wasn't no getting me back. It was like, you was gonna be called whatever name in the book, you know, whatever the case may be. And so realizing that, you know, that's how I was talked to by my father. You know, my father called me names and things like that, obviously, or by the basis conversation we can understand that that came from his past and so I think it's it's not like you said it's not your fault you have to deal with these things Mm -hmm. um, that your parents put on you but it is your responsibility to take the information that you do have like I said I figured out that I was talking to people a little bit too crazy so it was my responsibility to realize that correct that I don't know if it's my responsibility to figure out where it came from but I think it helps when you can't figure out where exactly it came from, which I think I mentioned to somebody is why it's so important to have your biological mother and father in your life in Mm. at least some capacity. You know, it's best if they're in the house and they're together with you. But I think it's very important for your growth because there's certain things that we see in ourselves that don't make any sense. But if we see it in somebody else, we'll say, okay. (laughs) Oh, all right. Oh, I got that. Okay, all right. it's interesting you say that. So, like, I'm one of 13 altogether. I have one, I guess you would consider fully biological sibling, and he's my younger brother. Mm-hmm. And I've witnessed with my five older adopted siblings that sometimes getting the information caused more harm than any good. Mm-hmm. They, they wound up glorifying what their parent would have been or was as opposed to what they really were. It was almost like my dad would kind of, well, not reveal that information to them because it was some, some deep stuff in there, you know? And then they got to a certain age where they really wanted to know and essentially kind of opened up a little bit of a Pandora's box with them. But, so I kind of see my siblings as a little bit of a, I don't want to come across as like insensitive, but the older I get, the more I reflect on it. It's like a little bit of like a case study to me. So like my little brother is from my, both my parents are together, they've been together for around 28 years. Oftentimes I look at from the health perspective. So I'll talk just for a second. My little brother was diagnosed with lupus in 2015. And it's very rare for males to get SEL. SLE. I remember telling my parents when we had a difficult time working through it that I would have rather me get lupus than him. He falls more on the on the fault end of the spectrum and I'm to take responsibility for it. So I felt like I would have been able to handle it a little bit better. 
but mm-hmm. gener- generationally speaking like growing up uh as time goes on I, I reflect more and more on how my parents raised me what they did or didn't do what you were saying takes an awareness though so like a lot of people don't get to that point to where Jimmy you said oh you know you got to get to a point where you need to reflect uh and you you said it in a very simple way and it sounds simple but it's like for you you did it and that's great but there's a lot of people out there that can't get to that point for whatever reason or another they don't have that awareness you know to take that next step um but whether like my parents right so I always looked at myself as a kid that didn't need to get beat. I like 99 Shit, me too. when I got hit with the belt. Yeah, No, no, but like you know how sometimes you look yeah, at yeah, you you're bro. like you you needed to get hit with the belt cuz you was wilding out here. Like true, true you know, enough. you were skipping class, really doing some next level stuff. And I and I the reason why I'm stopping there is cuz I don't want to snitch out on my older siblings. Heard you. So I'll just we'll just leave it at we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> You know, me, I, by fifth grade, I was a fifth grade scholar in, in the district. By the end of high school, I had college credits, didn't miss the honor roll since fifth grade. You would think like, all right, academically, this kid's doing well. 90% of my beatings came from my little brother because of things that would happen that I had no control over. Like my dad would say, hey, watch your little brother. And I used to hate when he said that because you are if something happened to happen. him. Right, right. It's going to happen to you. It, it, yeah, exactly. It was it was always it was always that way. But you know, eventually we got to a point where he didn't hit me anymore. But I never placed because it was just in my nature even as a young kid. I never looked at him like it's your fault you're hitting me. Um as I got older, I was able to kind of dive into it more. But for now it's like that's what you knew. I respect it. Now it's it's my responsibility to do uh, a little bit different and better. And that's how he knows as well because we voiced those concerns to each other. That's how he knows now that his job as a father and my mom's job as a as a mother was complete because they raised me to a point where I surpassed who they were in their eyes and now it's my turn to take it to the next level. But without them I wouldn't have been able to do that. Mm-hmm. So it was like this like this synonymous symbiotic like there's this like relationship that we both have now that I'm an adult. They respect me for my opinion because they see how hard I work. They respect me for who I am because they know I'm coming from a place of of care and love for them. And in turn, they give that back to me, even though they've never experienced it in the past. I and mean, my older siblings wonder why, like, oh, dad was never able to talk to me. Well, because he was a little bit more of a knucklehead. You know, he didn't want to go to school. He didn't want to, obviously he was younger, but yeah. you know, ultimately, it depends where you sit in the spectrum of taking responsibility or uh, placing fault. And for me, I took responsibility for what I was going to do with the experiences that happened to me throughout my life to make it a better situation or not. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that's reoccurring in my head was financial security because that's something that we struggled with growing up. Right. Um, so that's why I wanted to work hard. And now it's nice to know that I'm in a place and I will continue to grow to where I won't have to worry about the same problems that my parents did. To find that awareness that you spoke of, Joe, you got to spend some time by yourself. And that scares the shit out of people. It's something terrifying about being literally by yourself. Except for the introverts, shout out to y'all. We, we love y'all, but this is not your portion. <laughs> this is for those who don't know how to spend some time by themselves slash being able to reflect without blaming. You know, a lot of times we like to look back and then be like, you know what? Nah, it's because it was so-and-so's fault why that really happened and blah, 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 blah. Instead of just being like, you know what? Maybe 
maybe the reason I'm out of shape is because I like Taco Tuesday too much. You know, maybe it's not because my friends always invite me. It's not their fault. It's so much easier to deflect the blame. And I've seen it where even my mom, she's like a professional deflector. <laughs> that lady <laughs> deflects everything. Like, none of my, like even for her kids, like she will not take the blame. My mom will not take the blame. I love her, but she does not take the blame. And you know, it kind of helped in a way, but then it was sometimes it was like, yo ma, you wanna you wanna step to the forefront? <laughs> Here, <please. laughs> anytime. This is I mean, this is why we practice at home, right? Like this is <laughs> come on, you got this. If you look at her, she was always getting burnt and stuff like growing up from her mother. And then my grandmother, she's a deflector too. Like I could not get in trouble. Like let's say I got into legal trouble with like as a family, I would get the blame hundred percent. Hundred percent. Because they are not taking a fall for me. <laughs> whatsoever Damn. it'd be like uh, they ain't gonna snitch they just be like I didn't do it I wasn't there they go, they're the driest snitchers ever I used to think my dad my actual dad not being around was like the reason why I was this way or the reason I wasn't this way you know the, the, the typical not typical but the story you hear more times than not is you know my dad wasn't there you know had a hard time and you know it, it's so easy to just Take, take that card and just be like just slam it on the table when somebody asks what's wrong with you because my dad wasn't around you know it's just mad it's just easy to just put it down and put it out there but it really goes deeper than that because I once I started like looking at myself and looking around I was like you know yeah my dad wasn't around but I always grew up with a male in the house so it wasn't like I had to figure out how to be a man 100% like I'd, I'd had to learn a lot of things on my own but you know I had my grandfather um, that had his friends who were great dads and I gravitated towards them it's hard like Joe said if you're not aware and if you're not able to you know be in a certain space where you're able to tell yourself like yeah you know it's not your fault but from here like from this point like today the person who might have did the wrong to you or might have brought the wrong into your life anything like that you can give them the fault but they are not going to be here to help you heal they're not going to help you they're not going to come you know sometimes you might get that out of the blue apology you know i heard mercury was in retrograde so you know crazier things have happened than you get in that text message it's not far-fetched but you shouldn't look for that as your way out of being responsible because I, I used to believe until people abused it that you know in most situations the the fault is really 50 50 because if you allow someone to do it um or play a role in whatever it is that happened you know you're at fault because you allowed them to do that to you you know you you allowed them to treat you that way you allowed them you know because people only treat you the way you allow them to um and that that was one of the hardest pills to swallow joe you <laughs> joe didn't had to anyway um <laughs> in other words joe joe knows how hard i had to take that where it was like you know maybe you could have done something different you know maybe you could have did you know maybe you didn't have to trust that person the way you did and that sucks because you know i'm all about love and you know believing in people but the reality is you can't trust everybody it sucks to say it but it's the truth you felt you decided to let's say you fell in love with the person you decided to fall right you didn't walk into love you didn't run into love you fell so you took a chance now that person dropped you it's just like a trust fall you know you were hoping they caught you they held you for a little bit but then you know somebody walked by caught their attention and you fell flat on your back boom you're still at fault a little bit because you were comfortable in their arms it's like oh this is this is good i'm, gl I'm glad you caught me
that's the beauty in it, Alex. It's like you said, you, you were referencing falling and, and not being able to trust anyone. But being vulnerable is what separates humans from a lot of other creatures. Like we have this mm-hmm. ability to kind of put ourselves in a position to be completely open. And I'm willing to do it as many times as I need to. 100%. In order to get to where I need to go, whether it's with a relationship, whether it's with a career choice. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. And I'm willing to be vulnerable in those situations. People will hear this and be like, what? I promise you, I'm going to get at least four text messages like, yo, all four of y'all are crazy. I didn't hear Dia agree, so I don't, I don't know if she agrees fully. But... I do agree okay cool yeah I I agree there's this really good book that I read it's called The Mastery of Love and I always highlight it because I was that person in relationships too to blame the other person as to why it went this way or why it went sour or how I might have felt but I'm only responsible for how I feel that person I don't own that person we didn't sign a contract together so I don't have control over how they quote unquote could have made me feel only I can take responsibility for that and back to like what you had said about you know you didn't you didn't walk into love you fell into love you got comfortable for the person well to believe that the person you know would be there to catch you and right. when they weren't you blamed them for why you fell mm-hmm. um, and yeah that book that book really uh, it's by Don Miguel Ruiz um that book really really changed the game for me like after i read that book i understood relationships how they work going back to t- being at um fault versus responsibility right. um and it definitely definitely just it changed the game for me when it came to to, to fault versus responsibility honestly because at that point i realized i was having i kept repeating the same cycles when it came to relationships like mm-hmm literally play for play and i'm like this is a different guy in a different city maybe in a different state why am i going through this same cycle and one it's because the universe will put you through the same cycles if you haven't learned from it from the first time so there were things i didn't learn the first time around oh wait wait. you gotta re-say that go re-say that re-say that re-say that because they didn't hear you they didn't hear <laughs> <laughs> our universe because your universe is different from mine our universe will put us through the same cycles over and over again until we learn the lesson that's what life is all about it's about the journey it's about your soul growing to become the best version of yourself so i kept going literally through the same cycles because i was attracting it because i never learned from it from the first time and the last mm-hmm. relationship that i was in that's when I had my breaking point. Like, okay, like you said, Joe, about being vulnerable, I was done being vulnerable. Like I was so over it. I was like, okay, something has got to change and I'm the problem. And that's when I took full responsibility, picked up the book. And again, it was a game changer for me. I commend like my whole like relationship shift <laughs> to that book. It's gonna keep happening until you learn slash grow from it. Uh, as you know, for the past two weeks, we've had technical difficulties, uh, but we're here now. You know, we, we got the episode done and finished and, and all that good stuff. Uh, we appreciate our guests. If you are interested in following them, you know, we have Joe Maya on here before, but, you know, his information is in there. And Deanna, a.k.a. D. Yeezy, you know what I'm saying? Her information is in the in the episode description as well. And with that, we'll catch you guys on next week's episode of For the Community Podcast. 
Well, actually, since everyone's quarantined, hello, you still there? You still there? Since everyone's quarantined, you can actually go back and listen to some other episodes while you wait. I'm just saying, just just an idea, just an idea. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Might drop.